Hi, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, best-selling author and senior director of valuation services at CFGI, where I help my clients in the valuation of their most important assets. This is the program where we dig deeper to understand what matters most in business. So welcome to Behind the Numbers. I invite you to connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter if you're interested. I'm easily found. There's nothing harder than executing a strategic plan than perhaps developing a strategic plan. And today my guest has a uh, rather unique spin on the whole strategic planning process. And I'm pleased to welcome Bill Andrioni, who is the head of business partnering, planning, and performance at Aberdeen Standard Investments. Bill, welcome to Behind pleasure the Numbers. To be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. Speak up just a little bit and tell sure. the audience who you are and a little bit about Aberdeen. Sure. Yeah, just to give a little bit of context. So Aberdeen Standard Investments is um, one of the uh, largest global asset management firms um, uh, currently in existence. Um, Aberdeen actually uh, merged back in 2017. It was uh, Standard Life along with Aberdeen Asset. Uh, which effectively made us the largest uh, asset manager, active asset manager in the UK. Um, our focus is, is really not just on offering products uh, in the market, it's also offering solutions, um, which I'll, I'll get into here in a little bit. Um, I specifically joined Aberdeen about five months ago, so yeah. I'm four, four or five months young. Um, so over the last four or five months, uh, a large part of my focus has been um, effectively implementing uh, my role, which is uh, business partnering, planning, and performance. Yeah, so let's, let's unpack that title just a little bit. <coughs> it's a mouthful, the three, sure. the three P's of business, if you will. <laughs> but you know, most people, when they see that title, your eyes go to planning and performance yeah. because we yeah. know what that is. But I was intrigued by the, uh, the partnering piece. So yeah. that's why I wanted to kind of focus this conversation. Uh, talk to us about the partnering aspect. Yes, yes. and thank you for, uh, for gravitating to that piece. I think by default, a lot of people seem to gravitate towards the performance and planning because that's what we're comfortable with. That's what we right. understand. And that, that is often measurable in, in, in numbers. It's measurable in dollars. And it's just kind of the easy thing to default to. Uh, the partnering piece is actually a large majority, if not most, of the role. Um, and in my humble opinion, it's, it's the component that derives most value in the role. Um, so partnering, uh, by definition, doesn't just mean sort of meeting with each division, meeting with each team. It's really finding a way to serve as the right-hand man to the division heads, to the executives, and help usher along the plans, the strategies, and just make sure that everybody's sort of running in the same direction. So strategy Sherpa, so to speak? Sure. All right, so let, let's talk <clears throat> about kind of the specifics of it, because you're, you're more than just a liaison. This mm -hmm. is a, kind of a complex role. Can you right. articulate that? Yeah, yeah, I think it is complex because um, unlike the planning and performance piece where you're typically just extrapolating out data, you know, compiling it into some sort of format and presenting it out, the partnering piece is really starting to navigate just what is it that the, the business is attempting to do. Um, certainly there's, there's different folks and personalities and experience across the divisions. Um, you know, dealing with, um, let's just say, you know, marketing, finance, corporate, investments, distribution, there, there's a wide array. And I think that often the challenge is that the common denominator across all those groups is only at the executive level. It's, it's sort of at the top, which, which is fantastic. Um, what this role introduces is it creates a common denomination sort of at a different tier, at a different level, where I can sort of roll up my sleeves, meet with, let's say, uh, the investment teams, understand what they're endeavoring to do, what they're endeavoring to create, a 
new product, a new solution, and then start to translate that to, okay, well, let's go talk to the product team now. So, so how is the product team going to implement that? What are their needs um, in terms of staffing, travel, those types of elements? Um, that then maybe translates to a marketing plan, which then translates to um, you know, the finance division. So it's, it's really, again, kind of serving as that common denominator across groups and just making sure that the communication is kept wide open and that it's frequent um, and that it's effective. Yeah, so you said a mouthful in, in that <laughs> statement there and um, trying to unpack that just sure. a little bit because it, it sounds to me like you have a unique perspective at kind of the 30,000 foot level of the overall corporate strategy, right. but you're also granular in the weeds, so to speak, with each right. of these departments and divisions in helping them not only see the big picture, but to execute their individual plan and how it aligns with the overall corporate strategy. Correct, correct. I think it's, it's, it's unique in the sense of you have to be willing to really get into the micro data and details and really understand all the drivers and the inputs to that division, that business. But you have to understand the macro strategy and you have to translate the two back and forth. Um, so said differently, you understand what the America strategy is for Aberdeen Investments. Well, <clears throat> with that strategy, you then have to translate that down to the divisions and say, okay, in order to effectively implement our strategy, this is your role, this is your role, this is your role. And then understanding that there's different influences too. So if you pivot this way, this division might have to do this. If you pivot that way, this division might have to do this. So my, my role as I see it is to sort of, again, bring together those communications, bring together, serve as that common denominator, and just make sure that uh, in real time, people are aware of how each, each other's moving. Yeah, so communication is a key word that you've mentioned a couple of times sure. in a role like this. It obviously <clears throat> has to be yep. because you've got to communicate upstream, downstream, and sideways. There's a lot riding on you getting it right. Sure, sure. So talk about that, that basically a three-way communication chain that you've got to manage. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the fundamental challenge is um, when you're dealing with data or, or real numbers, I think that has its own inherent challenges. But typically, you, know, you follow steps A, B, C, and, and you move on. Um, I think in the world of business partnering, you're dealing more with the, the soft side things, um, you're dealing more with ambiguity, you're dealing more with just um, different types of situations. So <clears throat> for me, the way I view it is, as I'm going forward and meeting with each of the divisions, I'm also trying to figure out how can I extract value out of, out of the team. So how can I, how can I use the, the partnering function to say, well, it seems like we're going to be offering XYZ new product or solution. Um, how can I help the marketing group refocus and figure out, okay, how can we add to that? How can we complement that and vice versa? So it's, it's I, I hate to echo the same point over and over again, but it is a lot of very frequent communication. Yeah. And I think that's the other um, distinguishment or differentiation between having this common denominator at this level versus at the executive level is I have the opportunity, uh, the fortunate opportunity to have very, very frequent conversations with each of these, these groups as opposed to having just periodic weekly, monthly, or quarterly updates. Yeah, and look, I've served thousands of companies throughout my career, and I can honestly tell you in thinking about this, I don't know right. that I've ever really worked with one that had a defined role as you've just described it. It's more of an informal liaison, and yeah. my experience has been that a lot of these different departments inside an organization, you know, they'll build a personal relationship with a specific person, and that person may or may not be the right person to help them in, in execution and implementation. Yeah. So it, it sounds like it's really a good thing that you've been identified as the go-to. I, I appreciate the compliment. But, it, but, how do, but how do you navigate the, the fiefdoms, if you will, where you've got departments that have their own objectives, and yes, they're <clears> rowing <throat> in the same direction as the overall corporation, but they've got their own budgets, they've got their own goals. Um, how do you keep everybody really rowing in that same direction? Sure, sure. I mean, just thinking about that for a second, it's 
it's fundamentally just asking the right questions at the right time. Um, it's, it's trying to deal in facts, not emotions. It's, it's trying to make sure that as we're having these meetings, my job is not to implement the strategy. My job is not to implement the plan. Um, we have highly qualified, very effective division leads that sort of lead each of that. My job is to sort of challenge and ask the right questions. Do you have what you need um, to facilitate the plan? Do you, uh, do you have needs that are not being met? Is this aligned? Is it not aligned? Um, the other point, which uh, you mentioned earlier too, which I don't want to skip over, is in terms of this role, it's interesting because I think a lot of companies, um, it's a role that's industry agnostic, it's, it's company and size agnostic, but it's a role that I think may have existed, it just may not have been called business partnering, it may not have been called uh, planning performance, those types of things. But it's a role where I think companies are starting to realize that as we grow in size and scale and as we're chasing after certain strategies or trying to implement certain strategic plans, we really need to make sure that we have some way of connecting all these, all these divisions. Um, unfortunately, I think historically, in a lot of cases, that might have just been viewed as, well, operations is kind of the, you know, the common denominator, or finance, which is, which is uh, the group I'm within, is the common denominator. And that's, that's absolutely true. And they have very um, uh, strategic roles within the organization as well. This was to kind of say, well, we need this person to sort of lead the charge on partnering across divisions. But then by extension, um, I think there's a hope or there's an uh, intent to make that contagious and say, well, the business partnering role doesn't have to be unique to, to, to one person or one group. Um, let's extend that to the larger finance group. Let's extend that to the larger corporate and operations group so that we have more conversations and, and um, you know, more ongoing dialogues across groups. Yeah, Bill, we only have a couple of minutes left in this segment, so before we go to break, I want to make sure people know how to find you if they want sure. to learn more about your philosophy or more about <clears throat> Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. So, uh, again, I'm with Aberdeen Standard Investments. The best way to find me is via email. Uh, you can reach me at william.andrioni, uh, that's A-N-D-R-E-O-N-I, at AberdeenStandard.com. Yeah, so in the very brief amount of time that we have here, try and keep it to maybe 90 seconds, sure. talk to me about conflict resolution, because when you're a liaison, so to speak, with so many different individuals and different departments, at some point somebody's feathers get ruffled. Uh, sure. How do you resolve that in your role? Sure. Um, that's a great question. I, I think I'll, I'll echo the comment I made a few minutes ago where I think conflict resolution is really about dealing in facts, not emotions. It's about asking the right questions at the right time and then translating that to, to a plan. So said differently, if there are two divisions that maybe are not seeing eye to eye on implementing a specific strategy or a specific goal, it's not my job um, by any means to then figure that out, to, to, to solve that. But it is my job to ask the right questions and make sure that everyone's working with the same facts and the same information so that we can come together on a common goal. That sounds good, and I think that's a great time to take a commercial break. So folks in the back, we're going to take a quick break here, pay a few bills, and we'll be right back on Behind the Numbers. Don't go anywhere. A woman without a lot of time. Whether you're a gourmet cook or just want to eat like one, visit Rostelli Market Fresh, your home for the freshest locally sourced ingredients to please everyone who loves great food. Our organic meats, quality seafood, and free-range poultry are cut fresh to order. Chefs create culinary-inspired prep foods made fresh every day, which pair nicely with our vast selection of fine wines and spirits. Choose from handmade pastas, artisan cheeses, organic produce, and grocery items, all from the finest purveyors. Rostelli Market Fresh, from our family to yours. 
RVN TV is a platform for people of any industry to share their story. Over 285,000 viewers are tuning in to RVN TV shows monthly. We guarantee a great experience that you'll be sharing with everyone you know while increasing your personal and company's brand awareness. But what is your brand? According to Forbes, it's a combination of your logo, your product, your design and feel, and your personality. Did you know that aside from being a guest, we offer even more opportunity to boost your brand? Adding your company logo and website on screen during your interview will allow viewers to recognize your brand instantly. Incorporating images and video clips is another great way to showcase your product during your live segment. Let viewers see how good you really are. And most importantly, there's you and your interview. For less than the cost of a newspaper, direct mail, or a magazine ad, you can leave our studio and within 48 hours have a permanent digital copy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder and today we're talking about strategic planning and business partnering with Bill Andrioni, who's the head of business partnering, planning and performance at Aberdeen Standard Investments. So, Bill, before the break, we went down uh, a lot of interesting paths about the role and the strategy around business partnering. I want to touch on a few things that are critical here in the second segment, but I want to start off with the, let's call it the culture inside your organization at Aberdeen that is, it appears to be a forward-thinking organization to have sure. this kind of a role. How would you <clears throat> describe the culture at Aberdeen? Sure, yeah, and, and I think that's what distinguishes us or differentiates us from some of our peers in industry. Um, the, the culture is, is one in which um, I think we are a little bit forward thinking. I think we are a little bit ahead of, of our peers in terms of understanding not just the, the need for the existence of this role of business partnering, but the incredible importance of, of creating, harnessing, implementing the role, and then again, making that role contagious and spreading it across the organization. So in order to do that, you really have to create an environment that's, that's flexible. You have to create an environment where people feel comfortable sort of executing their day to day. Um, so I think part of what Aberdeen does and does very, very well with its culture, um, and this ultimately results in them being able to attract the best talent, retain the best talent, um, they really offer the, the best situations in terms, of, in terms of benefits, in terms of environments to work in, in terms of just bringing together um, you know, areas within the organization where you can kind of sit down and go through think tanks. And when you think about business partnering, it is coming together. It's, it's not getting on the phone. It's not you know, sitting at your desk. It's sitting in a room. It's sitting in a conference room, in a, in a war room, and really strategizing. So I think just simple things like that that, that often get overlooked, just creating those types of environments that it's one thing to create the role, but to create the environment that you can work within um, is so incredibly important. So I think they're, they're sort of ahead in, in thinking that we need the role, we need that role to be extended across not just one individual, but across many groups, and we need to give them the right environment to work within. So I think that's, that's really what's made this role um, accelerate as quick as it has in the last few months. Nice. So the show <clears throat> is called Behind the Numbers, mm -hmm. and you know we spend a lot of time behind them, but sure. always good to dip our toes into the numbers to help the audience yeah. understand and, and validate that what we talk about really does matter in terms of an ROI. So right. I'd like you to talk about the ROI of this business partnering strategy, uh, not just from the internal, from the organization perspective, but can you also talk about it too and how it manifests for your customers, sure, clients? Sure, and, 
And you know well as I do that uh, I'm not just a, uh, a believer, but I'm a strong advocate in, in understanding sort of how you need to go beyond the financial statements, how you need to go on beyond the, the operational numbers to really derive the best value for the future. And I think the way that, that I think about it, and I think by extension the way that a lot of our teams at Aberdeen think about it, is there's really two ways to effectively manage a margin. So you can increase revenue or you can reduce costs. And I think in the context of business partnering and ROI, it's trying to figure out ways, how do you influence that through uh, behaviors? How do you influence that through connectivity? How do you, you know, make connections? How do you deliver what matters? And that, that's, that, those are two of our very fundamental philosophies. And what I mean by that is, it's not simply just compiling numbers, putting them into a balance sheet or an income statement, running some KPIs or analytics and saying that's what it is. It's really trying to understand um, what are the skills we have in-house, um, what is the mission, what is the strategy we're trying to implement, make those connections across groups, which I feel like, you know, and this is my, my opinion, this isn't a fact, but I feel like in many organizations there's a disconnect between, you know, the different groups, maybe products, marketing, operations, investments. What, what we've done very, very well by creating this common denomination is making connections, not just with me meeting with each group, but then by extension, different members of those groups sort of getting together in these, these areas. So I think making the connections and I think delivering what matters, and delivering what matters, again, is not just meeting the KPIs or meeting the numbers. It's really delivering solutions. It's delivering effective relationships internally and, and, and with our customers externally, with our investors. Yeah, and ultimately that does make it to the bottom line as, as we both know. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. so you've, you've articulated a lot of interesting facets that are um, good takeaways for people who've been listening and watching, but are, are there things that you would consider to be best practices, <clears throat> if you will, that you could share? Best practices, um, from a business partnering perspective, just, just from what it. you've seen so far, yeah, for organizations yeah. that are thinking that maybe they'd like to implement something like that. Sure, I think um, that's a great question. I think the first thing that actually comes to mind, and I'm not saying this is the highest priority item, but I think the first thing that comes to mind is when you think about business partnering and you think about the volume of conversation, when you think about uh, the extent of the conversations, navigating all the different groups, personalities, numbers, and so on. I think one of the uh, challenges that you can find yourself in is, is getting into sort of analysis paralysis, trying too hard to be overorganized, trying too hard to solve problems, trying too hard to make all the connections. I think it's important to really, when I said deliver what matters, it's, it's really to kind of look across uh, at a 10,000 foot level, understand the strategy, and just really, really fundamentally understand how to prioritize certain things, knowing which things should sort of sit to the side versus the things that are imminently important and, and need immediate attention. So I think from a best practice, sort of bringing it full circle, from a best practice perspective, it's you really need to be in tune with your ability to, to not just organize but, but prioritize the tasks and, and, the, and the conversations specifically. Yeah. So for anybody watching or listening that wants to learn more and maybe get some ideas on best practices from Bill Andrioni, how can they do that? Sure. Uh, again, you can reach me via email. I, I welcome any sort of um, uh, reach out or connection. Uh, best way to reach me is william.andrioni, A-N-D-R-E-O-N-I at AberdeenStandard.com. Great, thanks so much. I'm sure you're gonna get a lot of feedback on that because you've shared so. some great stuff. So I wanna continue this dialogue just a little bit and you talk about the soft skills, but they're really the, the must-have skills and especially in your role. And one of the ways of facilitating communication is you've gotta build trust, right? Right. 
<clears throat> How do you do that in this role when you could potentially be, be perceived as the guy that corporate sent to you know observe on them, if so to speak? That's a really great question, and and if I'm humble, honest, and candid, I, I don't know that I have the best answer right now because I'm, I'm honestly still trying to figure that out myself. Um, I think anyone that sort of claims or uh, feel strong they do have that answer, um, I would challenge that with, given that the, the role is relatively new, given that the environment that the business partner is operating is relatively new, I think we have to be careful to, to sort of commit to knowing what the, the best or, or not so best um, practice is. But I think, you know, I, I'm just thinking sort of fundamentally, I think the biggest challenge that I've run up against in the last four months in terms of communication and trust is you know, you, you have to obviously earn that trust with each group. Um, that doesn't just come with your technical capabilities or your industry knowledge or your product knowledge or, you know, your market knowledge and those types of things. Um, that's, that's sort of a give me. But I think they really need to know that you have their best interest in mind um, and that you are truly dealing in, um, you're being objective. Um, you have to be careful not to... Um, get to a point where you're sort of gravitating more towards opinions and, and, and feelings and those things. Coming back to what I said earlier, just dealing in facts, just really being objective and making that individual, whether it's the head of operations, head of marketing, head of product, head of finance, you know, even, even our CFO, really making them feel like you're listening. Um, you, you understand where they're coming from, what their challenges are. Um, and that you will effectively act on that. And, yeah. and what I mean by act on that is it doesn't mean go develop a plan or strategy and, and say this is what it is, but it's to, to have follow-up. So I, I, I think it's really just these fundamentally simple things that as, as you grow in your career, as you grow in your industry, that sort of get left by the wayside. We've, you know, we forget just simple things like communication, trust, being objective, dealing in facts, having a plan, following up. Don't yeah. let too much time go by. Yeah, you hit it on the head there. Trust takes time. Trust is being consistent, showing up, doing the right things, following right. through, saying what you're going to say and doing what you said you're going to do. So right. it, it takes time to build trust. Hopefully people start with a presumption of <clears throat> trust and you just continue to earn that over time, like you said. I want to talk a little bit now about how you can synthesize these, these various pieces of data in the, just the five minutes or so that we have left here. You're interacting with so many different organizations and it's got to create unique opportunities to identify either challenges or opportunities within the market, whether mm -hmm. it's a particular product, a strategy, new, new avenues, for example. How do you synthesize this and then take it from a conversation to a product, for example? Sure, sure. It's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, what, what I found, and maybe I'll, I'll sort of use a scenario that I've, I've encountered here over the last few months, is you, you're really, throughout these conversations, if you think about it in the context of you're meeting with a dozen divisions, you're meeting with um, two to three individuals per, per division, and this is on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, so you're, you're having conversations uh, across 20, 30 different people you have to find a way to extract where the real value is, to extract where there's consistency and inconsistency. So I think what I've, what I've tried to do is really towards, take a step back, understand what our America strategy is, what we're trying to execute on, um, having the appropriate conversations with our executives, our CEO, our CFO, our division heads, really making sure that I fundamentally understand that so that I can translate that to plans, whether that be budgetary plans, whether that be um, helping influence strategic plans, but really making sure I understand what we're trying to accomplish. And where I find in conversations, maybe through these, some of these communications, that 
um, there's ways that we used to do things, or there's ways that um, historically we've, we've always been comfortable doing it. It's sort of being willing and, and having sort of the, the, the strength and, and, and doing it respectfully to, to challenge it. Um, and, and that can be interesting because you mentioned yeah. trust and communication. Um, you know, these are highly qualified individuals that know what they're doing. Um, I'm the new guy in many cases. Right. Um, so I have to make sure that my challenge is, is, is done so very, very tactfully and, and in their best interest. I'm not challenging it because I think it's right or wrong. I'm challenging it because I want to make sure that you truly feel like it's the right path to go and that you also understand that, you know, last Tuesday or Monday when I met with X, Y, or Z department, they, they might be going this direction. So are, are you still connected? Are you still moving yeah. in the same direction? Well, it's interesting. As you were saying that, I was literally writing down these words about speaking truth mm. to, to power. So I want to talk about the upstream. So when, when you have a situation where, and you may not have had this yet, granted, right. but at some point you may have to upstream communication that perhaps um, is not going to be the, the most pleasant kind of conversation. Yeah. But in an organization like the one you're describing, I imagine that they're open to that sort of feedback. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, it's one of the things that both attracted and, and it's one of the reasons why um, I feel like I've been able to successfully implement that role is, again, that environment, that culture that's been created where um, it's very welcomed to come at any level on any day and, and, and sort of challenge the, the current state. Um, I think in terms of, I, I mentioned sort of the environment and the structure, meaning just the way even like our, our building, our office is designed. Uh, it's an environment where there's no offices. You know, there's, you're not knocking on someone's door saying, I'd like to talk to you about a conversation I had earlier, or I'm concerned about this. It's all open floor. Um, and what's great about that is, you know, if I have a conversation that's concerning or I have a conversation that's really, really exciting, you know, my ability to immediately have a conversation with another division head or the CFO or, C or, or anyone who is an influencer and a, and a decision maker is actually quite, quite easy to do. Um, now, it'll be on their time. It's not on my time. Um, but I've never found a situation where something concerning or exciting has come up where I've been unable to, to get that up, up the flagpole, which, yeah. which I think is great. Yeah, that's good and, and so, so important. Absolutely. So with all these things that you have to do, the responsibility that's on your shoulders, what's keeping you up at night, if anything? Hopefully you're sleeping like a baby. <laughs> I've never slept like a baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's, what's keeping me up at night? Um, I think what, what keeps me up at night the most is I think... Ultimately, um, and I'm going to echo you know, what a, a lot of folks within our organization have said, you know, our responsibility is to, to, to run the best practice possible to be the best asset manager, global asset manager we can be. Um, more importantly, when you think about our investor base, so we have institutional investors, we have uh, individuals, wealth, we have you know, a whole array. When you think about that some of those investors are pension plans, some of those investors are, are the teachers, the firemen, the, you know, the state plans, um, that's what sort of keeps me up is, is just making sure am I doing everything in my power? Am I implementing my role as effectively as possible to make sure that these individuals that have worked so fundamentally hard their entire careers uh, have a means to retire? And even if we can only influence that a little bit, th that's something. And, and I think that's sort of what, what drives me. It maybe it doesn't keep me up at night. It's sort of the opposite. It really drives me to know that what you're doing and how effectively these plans and the partnering um, takes place does have a direct correlation to 
you know, what we're able to do as an organization. So that, that really, um, as I'm sure you can tell, that, that, that just really excites me to know that, that it matters and that there's, there's people relying on you and, and that we're, we're successfully implementing it. And I know stewardship matters to you a lot. Yes. Do, do your investors and, and clients know of this role? Do they understand what's going on behind the scenes? And obviously this is <clears> going to help to make them aware of it, but uh, are, are, are you as an organization conveying this kind of strategy to yeah. the investor group? I think when we sort of, um, you know, publicly discuss sort of our, our strategies or, or um, anything related to uh, our, our core principles or our mission, uh, embedded in that, maybe it doesn't explicitly say we're business partnering or we're doing this, but I think embedded in that uh, organically is, is the knowledge of, in order to implement this plan, the strategy, you must have effective partnering across the businesses. Yeah. Now, I think um, what where we're a little bit ahead of the curve related to our peers is we're, we're not just implementing business partnering in a broad sense saying we need every division to sort of come together and partner. We're specifically and intentionally finding roles, putting them in place to serve as catalysts to say, listen, all the partnering can't be done by one person in one division, but if we can insert this person, they can sort of be the catalyst and provoke that, and then we can start making connections, delivering what matters, those types of things. I think that's, that's sort of what, what we're trying to do. Good, well said. Unfortunately, we're out of time, Bill. Uh, today we've been talking about strategic planning, development and implementation of that strategic plan with Bill Andrioni, who's the head of business partnering, planning and performance, a mouthful, at Aberdeen Standard Investments. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers.